1: is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's nba playoffs BetOnline online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we we'll have covered for all of your insider sports wagering needs from basketball mlb nhl hockey golf to ufc and boxing the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home so what's the call to action today? Get in get in on the action today. To head to, so head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up and be sure to use our promo code believe. So that's B L E A V to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast. Uh this is episode 21 on uh season 5. Uh as always, thank you for making us number one sports law podcast in the world. We appreciate you listening in. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today. His name is Barry Donovan. He is uh, the host, co-host of the Old Men in Sweats podcast on the Believe Network as well. So we we became uh, colleagues through that, but we're going to do a little bit uh, different episode today. Obviously, we love sports and entertainment, uh, but... Uh, Barry and I have a mutual connection and appreciation uh, for Frank Sinatra. And uh, anybody who who knows me or has has been to my home you know can see that I have Sinatra you know uh, paintings in the, in the house and love playing Sinatra and uh, we and so of course Barry and I had a funny uh, first encounter and he's got some great stories uh, with his family and his family connection to uh, to Sinatra and, and playing in bands with him. Uh, so we're going to welcome Barry in and and uh, and have a great conversation about Frank Sinatra today. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, it's, it, it is a funny story how we met. Like I I knew of your podcast, obviously, because we do you do your podcast on Believe and I do my old men and sweats podcast on Believe with my buddy Tommy T, who I've known since we were child uh, in in rome new york that's where we grew up in upstate new york near syracuse but i remember going online and i was looking at some of your stuff and looking at other stuff and then you had this post and it was you had an orange this unbelievably orange, great orange blazer and i don't know what material it was it seemed like it was linen yeah
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) i mean you're from the west coast (laughs) right 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 And, and it was beautiful it was this beautiful orange and then but then what what got me is i see the song up in the post on instagram and it's Tangerine, Frank Sinatra. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so great. And then I got in there and threw a little c- couple comments in there like, I love that. And by the way, my uncle played big band music with Sinatra and a bunch of other guys. And then we just kind of connected from there. But I was it was a surprise, too, because not a lot of people I don't I mean, obviously, you were doing a connection because Tangerine. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> the The coat was tangerine, but I think, um, I don't know how surprised you were like, who's this guy jumping into my messages? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) I
1: loved it. I appreciated it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and so the, the, as far as like with my uncle, so my uncle, my mom, um, grew up in a family of eight. Um, you know, their family came over from Italy from Foggia, uh, which is east of, of Rome not too South, but right, right right in the middle. And they came over and my grandfather, uh, Joe, was a bricklayer, a Mason guy, like a lot of the Italians. And, and, and Mary, uh, my grandmother, you know, was a homemaker, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and my mom, um, they, they, they grew up in upstate New York. And, but then unfortunately my grandmother uh, passed away very early and back in those days um it, it was kind of like different so my uncle was already my uncle Jack who's the oldest in my mo- my mom's uh, my mom's siblings and he was already in New York and the reason he was in New York City which is about a 5 hour trip from from upstate New York was he was already dabbling in playing music playing trumpet the way he got involved in that was my grandfather one day brought home a trumpet for him and said, maybe you could learn how to play this. That's the exact quote my uncle told me that his grandfather, his dad said, maybe you could learn how to play this because, you know, they were just trying to figure out, he didn't want him to be a bricklayer. He was just trying to figure out, well, maybe this is my, my son can do something with this. So my grandmother passes and my grandfather has to leave the homestead to take a job at a state facility in, in upstate New York. And he's going to get housing. So he tells everyone, my mom is maybe 14 at the time. He tells everybody that they got to go. I know it sounds cruel, but it just was like one of those things. He couldn't, he, first of all, he was, he didn't have the command of the English language. My mother used to teach him English from the newspaper. Um, the mom was the figure, you know, in the house. My mo- my grandmother took care of everybody. So he he wasn't being mean or anything. He just didn't know what to do, how to do. And so he said, you guys should all go visit jack 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 down in, in new york city so my whole fam my, my whole my mom's whole family they drove down to new york city and shacked up in various places in queens with my uncle and with his friends etc cetera, et cetera. and they got involved in all that my mother got a job at woolworth her sister got a job at woolworth some of the others got a, a job carrying my uncle's bags so my uncle was already down there He started playing trumpet when my grandfather brought it to him. He probably was 13, 12. And like three or four years later, he was already down there, down in New York. And he was trying to get in the union and he was playing gigs and doing these things. And he got in the union. And then he got an audition for Harry James. And he already played with some guys before that. Red Norvo. I don't know if you know Red Norvo uh sammy spear a few other guys but he got an audition with harry james and and this was before sinatra was with harry james at that time sinatra was with the dorsey brothers right and my uncle got the audition and um you know harry james says well let's just play a little and my uncle was really big on just not really the notes like reading sheet music he could read it but he was more like a like an improv kind of guy. That's how yeah. he was, and he and he just improved the audition. <laughs> and Harry James was like, "I love that." He goes, "Okay, you got the job. You're going to be first trumpet." So my uncle became first trumpet with Harry James. Now the Sinatra story that comes in. Interrupt me anytime you want. Sinatra was with the Dorsey brothers, and a lot of people are going to know there's similarities to the Dorsey brother storyline of sinatra in the godfather and i know people are like oh come on that's a movie that's fiction but there are things in that movie that my uncle told me that are are spot on you know so so the one the one of the things is when when uh um uh what's his name uh is it um oh god he played the lawyer uh for the because the oh, robert, Laird, robert uh, duvall yeah, Robert Duval goes, remember to to LA to meet the studio head. Right. And they go through all that and the studio head gets upset and he says he goes, you know, did you know tell tell your tell your your you know the godfather I'm no band leader. Well, that story is is true. And my, but my uncle told me it's straight up true. What happened was my uncle then was with Harry James and they were looking for a front man. Because Harry James, you know, he sang a little bit. My uncle sang some of the scat tunes, like Two O'Clock Jump and some other tunes. But they needed a frontman. And and Harry James was smart. And he was like, I got to get a good-looking frontman that can sing. The Dorsey brothers had that guy in Sinatra. But they didn't really want to put him up front. Because the Dorsey brothers liked to to be the guys. They were the Dorsey brothers. You know, that's just what it was. So Harry James got a meeting with Sinatra. And, and he went with my uncle to a place called the Rusty Cabin outside somewhere in Jersey. And they went down, and my uncle goes, where are we going? And you know, They're in the car, and, and Harry James is like, well, we're going to go down and see this guy. He's under contract, but I know people that, that would like him to be in our band. So it, he said, I know people. So <laughs> he said, like, figure that one out. So he goes, I know people that would like him to be in our band. So they take a ride down to the rusty cabin and my uncle's like, okay, let's go see this guy. And, and they get there and Sinatra's plan. he's singing. And, and then they all meet. And then not too far after long after that uh, Sinatra comes to the Harry James man and becomes the lead singer. And, you know, that whole thing, remember when, when Michael Corleone and he's talking and to uh, his, his, his girlfriend at the time in the Godfather, and says, well, what happened? He's like, well, my, 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 my dad made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. He told him, blah, 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 Now, I don't know how much that is true that he was going to physically harm him, right? <laughs> he was going right. to sign the contract, but there is true to that right after that meeting at the rusty cabin, um, Sinatra <laughs> left and, and, and he went to Harry James and that propelled Sinatra's career because he came, became the front man. He became the man. And, um, and my uncle's relationship with them just basically blossomed from there. Um, my uncle um uh you know played with a lot of other people, but Sinatra was obviously the, the most famous. And Sinatra just ended up really making that Harry James band really, really special. Um and and the first song, the first song that Sinatra ever played with Harry James band was a song that, you know, he's obviously done many, many times. And you you know this song. I'm sure you do, Stardust. Right. That was the first song. So my uncle actually is quoted in a publication back in the day that talks about the first song that he played with the Harry James Orchestra was Stardust. And my uncle said, quote, just before the second show, Harry came out and introduced him as the new singer with the band. Frank then joined us at the next date we had, which I believe was in New Haven, Connecticut. I'll never forget how Harry introduced him to the audience. He said, ladies and gentlemen, this is our new vocalist, and we won't and we don't have any arrangements for him as yet. Frank, and he said, he turned to Frank. Frank, do you think we can scare something up for you to sing? Sinatra called out Stardust, which was not an easy song to sing. Frank gave us the key. And the piano and rhythm section began, and we just tried to get some background to hold it all together. That so that was the first time Sinatra played with them, and that was the first song. And that's my uncle quoting uh, in that because he was always like right next to Harry James because he was first trumpet, and he was my uncle was a very very personable guy, um, very nice guy. Everybody loved him. He had a he had a big heart. He was a, he was a great friend. A uh, great uncle to me. And and he just became friends with a lot of these people. So that's like the first story of that. And well, me, then there's many, other, but I'll let you interject in and ask me some stuff.
1: Well, so Barry, I love that story. And I guess timeline wise, this is so Sinatra really kind of came out in what the, I want to say like late 1930s, early 1940s. And he was kind of this, he was in the bands first, you know, the two big bands that he played in and then eventually he went off on his own you know as a sort of as sort of a a lead vocalist his own sort of singer of his own band and then he had guys that played with him throughout his life where he'd do arrangements with different people but i just want to give like a timeline this is like yeah 1930s 1940s right?
0: yeah circa circa 30s 40s Yeah. yeah 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 circa 30s 30s 40s definitely and um And and then and then my uncle, you know, my uncle continued to play with a lot of other people, obviously. And then later in in my uncle's years, he played on cruises out of Miami and he and basically he would play and he had a restaurant. He opened a restaurant and he would play with some guys and he would always tell stories with the with the music. So they loved it because he had a lot of stories. I, I, I know I have a lot more stories in me, but my uncle, it was it was firsthand and he would share as much as he could. One of the other people, it's not a Sinatra-related thing, but but with my uncle, he did play um, with Sammy Spear Orchestra. Sammy Spear Orchestra, people may know that from, they were the orchestra uh, on the Honeymoon Honeymooners theme, mm. Jackie Gleason show. Right. My uncle played on that, and my uncle, my uncle uh, Jackie Gleason, was my uh, godfather to my uncle's son. which is you know in the italians that's like you know like a a a big deal so my uncle was very close with jackie gleason too and in fact my cousin my uncle's son when they lived in queens one of his best friends in the neighborhood was james Conn. they would chum around on the street open up fire hydrants (laughs) (laughs) and all that that kind of stuff but um you know when the time that that uh, uh frank was with harry james My uncle was very, very close with him. In fact, back then, you know, they they didn't really travel on airplanes, obviously. And they would travel on the on the on the buses, you know, the coach buses. And my aunt, Molly, um, became very close with Sinatra's uh, wife. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they would they would follow the bus.
1: In a car, and this was Sinatra's first wife, Nancy, right?
0: First wife Nancy, yeah. So my my aunt Molly was very close with her, and there were other ladies that would follow us, but my aunt Molly always went with Frank's first wife, Nancy, in the car, and she, you know, they would cha- exchange driving back and forth as the guys went to the went to the gig. They be, became very close, um, and and you know, it's it's just an interesting story because. You know, Sinatra came from nowhere and nothing. You know, he was. You know, he he didn't have like a a a lot going on. He was just had God given talent, but also he just he just he was he was probably he was very he was a hard worker, obviously. And my uncle was kind of like the same way. Like back then, you just tried to do what you could do, and you know you succeed or you don't. And my uncle, you know, he just. But you know, he just would, would go for it. And 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 that's what he did. And all the experiences that he had with, with, with Sinatra then he had even later on in his life. You know, he, I would never trade, I don't think he would ever trade that for anything. Um no. it, you know, the experience of being on the road, playing with these guys, the big bands. It's almost interesting now, like even though we're in obviously a lot different time with music. You know, I, I, I still I still listen to big bands. I think there's a lot of people that are actually becoming acquainted with it now, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And 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 you know, those guys were really, really talented. There's there's tons of videos out there. There's tons of um music. I have all my uncle uh uncle's records. The wow. the, the old the, the old ones that weren't um what size were they? They weren't the the uh you know from the, the seventies. They stuff. were the forty
1: five. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, they're from Columbia. Columbia Records. I have all those, and wow. uh, you know, because he gave them to my mom to hold on to them. That my mom, when my mom passed, she gave them to our family. I'm in in the person who is holding those now, and I have pictures and pictures and pictures. I have um, billboard pictures of the back in the day in the 40s when my uncle was playing with Harry James with Frank, and there's a billboard at the Paramount Theater in near Times Square in New York, which is now the Hard Rock. <laughs> but, wow. but back in the day the paramount was the place you know the the location and my uncle you know on the billboard i have a, a a picture of it it says you know harry james and his orchestra frank sinatra and then my uncle usually trumpet players or sax guys or or whatever didn't really get you know billing but my uncle actually would get billing because he'd say like i told you he sang some of the scat tunes one of the most popular ones he sang was two o'clock jump with which is a really popular song with um right. With, with Sinatra, so he would. So I have a po- uh, picture of it. It says, you know, uh, Harry James Orchestra, Frank Sinatra, Jack Palmer. So he would. I have so many of those pictures, and so many pictures that are just kind of photojournalistic pictures that my uncle acquired, and then he gave them to different people in the family. I have one in my kitchen that I blew up. I actually had a negative made of it, so it wouldn't lose as much generation. And I had the negative made in California. And then I had it, I reproduced and it's a black and white photo. It's really big. I have coffee every day in the morning in the kitchen and look at that photo because I want to be reminded of that dreams come true and you just keep going for your dreams and you just keep pushing yourself into things you want to do. And you can do anything. And the picture is my uncle. It's circa 40s. They all have their tuxedos on and it's Harry James, my uncle, a 22-year-old Sinatra. Yeah, you know, wow. like like young sinatra and neil hefty who was a band leader and it's in a booth one of those leather booths those little um you know like uh circular-ish booths right and the, it was a great picture i don't know who took the picture i wish i knew because they it was very very candid and they're sitting there smoking cigarettes eating french fries after the gig and the ketchup <laughs> bottle says catsup
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture just because it's not posed. And, and I love, you know, candid photojournalistic photos, but, um, Great. but, no, you I know, love but that,
1: and I, I want to, so I'll jump in really quick and then we get some context of some of this. Right. So, yeah. so the orange comment that we were talking about earlier. So Frank's favorite color was orange or tangerine. And he was yeah. sort of known to have orange things around his house and wear like orange sweaters or whatever it was. And, I remember I used to have this beautiful orange leather couch um, uh, and I ended up selling it and I've got like two white ones now, but um, you know, but it's one of those things like things get old and, you know, I I don't know. I've been actually thinking about looking for another orange couch, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, But, and I, and then further context would be, you know, so Sinatra was sort of this band guy um, and became popular. And then we went on his own and even when he was with the big bands you know he was really sort of this like teen idol and um yeah. and sort of sort of to go from teen idol big band and then had a little bit of a falling uh falling out with his career in like the late 1940s mm-hmm. and then he got with yep. Ava Gardner and then resurrected his career he won an academy award from here to eternity um and obviously won tons of grammys and then to go from the 1930s all the way until the 1990s and still today, people listen to his music. I feel like he gets reintroduced to people all the time. Uh, it's, it's I don't know. A- anyway, I wanted to give some of that context. And when you're talking about New Jersey, just imagine that time, you know, where it's like folks are living in Manhattan. And as you look across, I guess that would be what the Hudson River, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you're looking into New Jersey, I mean, this is uh, just what an amazing, uh, you know, time period that must have been.
0: Yeah. And he was born in Hoboken. I mean, right. He's a, he's a, he's a Jersey guy. And that was a really, really interesting story for my uncle to be part of that story that they went to the, I know it was called the rusty cabin. It's not there anymore to, to, to try to acquire him. And then, like you said, then he had that unbelievable career. I mean, the Harry James thing did propel him in, you know, cause he, like you said, he was that teen idol and, and being the front man, he needed to be that he was that and and who knows if that never happened that meeting and then the subsequent of of him going to harry james from tommy dorsey how that would have uh, went i'm sure he would have found his way i mean the guy was obviously really really talented but i i get what you're saying it's like there was a falling out you know he it could have just ended then it didn't um my uncle actually would visit him you know, in the 70s and in the 80s and when, when Frank was playing in, in Vegas, my uncle would go ahead and sit in at some of the gigs, you know, and, and I have pictures of my uncle with him in the 70s and the 80s. My uncle's a, a, a few hundred pounds heavier, <laughs> <laughs> and, but they look but they look good. But my uncle's nickname, actually, my uncle was always a big guy, but I think I sent you that picture. Right from the early from the 30s or 40s of the hair, the famous picture of the Harry James band on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, and my uncle's still a little big there. But my uncle's nickname was Big Jack, like like Sinatra called him Big Jack. Wow, that's that because there's a lot of Jacks, right? So he was Big Jack. <laughs> so and I have pictures of them, uh, uh you know, like just just hanging out in Vegas. And I have a fun, a really good, a really good Vegas story. I'll try to Please. do it quick. Yeah. When I first moved to LA, my brother, um, who's a lawyer also, was already in LA, and he and I was uh, I was going I gotta go to Vegas. I gotta go to Vegas, and and I wanted my brother to go with me. He's like, well, I, I gotta work. I got I, I gotta work this weekend. You know, you guys work weekends, weekday. Every, you guys work right. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> my brother's crazy. never not working. So it's I go, crazy. well, what should I do? I don't know what I'm doing. Like you know, I'm like 20, like 21. I go, I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, call Uncle Jack. And I'm like, really, I don't want to bug him. And he goes, I'll oh, just call him." So I call my uncle, and I go, "Hi, how you doing?" And he goes, "Hey, Barry." And he would always call you, dear heart, my uncle. Huh. That was his thing. He would call you, you know, he would, he would. That was his thing, dear heart. I, I love you, dear heart. He always said that. I don't know where he got it from. I never questioned it. He just would always say. It. He goes, "What's oh, how you doing, dear heart? What's up?" And I go, well, "I'm going to Vegas. Can you give me any tips? Like, what should I do?" And this is a, tr- he goes like this. He goes, okay. Um, call me right back. <laughs> and I wow. go, okay. So I think he had to go find something. I go, okay. So I give him like 10, 15 minutes. I call him back. He goes, okay. He was called this number. And he tells me to write the number down. And he goes, ask for Jilly. <laughs> and I go, real. I go, well, who is, well, who, he was just ask. Just don't worry about it. He goes, don't worry about it. He goes, just tell him you're, you're my nephew. And I go okay, okay. I was nervous. It took me like a couple days to get up the, the you know, the nerve to call this guy. I mean, I knew kind of like what was going on and who it was, but I didn't really want to call. So I call, and the guy answers the phone too. Like that was back in the day. He just answers <laughs> and he answers the phone. He goes, "Hello." I go, "Hi." Uh, my name's Barry Donovan. My my uncle's Jack Palmer, and he goes, "Oh yeah, big Jack." Da, 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 da. He goes, "What's up?" And, you know, like I knew the guy. Like I'm like, okay. And I go, well, he said to call you like I'm, I'm, I am I'm, want to come to Vegas. It might be my first time in Vegas. And I just don't know my way. I mean, can you give me some, you know, some info, some hints on stuff? He goes, call me back. <laughs> wow. So we I, I hang up with him. He goes, call me back. So now I wait. I waited longer with him because I'm like, geez, maybe he's just blowing me off. Right. <laughs> like, and So then I call like an hour later and he goes, OK, OK. He goes, look, dude, he goes, OK, so go come here. He goes, of this is, it was so weird. It was like, it's almost like that, like, like, like De Niro in Goodfellas when he tells Ray Liotta's uh, wife to go down to get the fur coats. Yeah, just go down over there and then take a right. Go, no, keep going and take a right. And I'm like, so he's like, just come. He goes, just come. It, it, Julie Rizzo, he goes, just come. And he goes, go to Caesars. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, just go to the desk. Tell him who you are. Tell him I sent you. And I go, Are you sure? It's, I don't want to impose or anything. He goes, No, 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 no. Just go, just go. And and he goes, he goes, when you come and I go, I'm gonna I'll come this weekend. I'll just drive out. And he goes, Okay, okay, good. He goes, then and then um and then contact me after you 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 get in if you need anything. He goes, you know, you can come visit me or I'll come visit you, but just make I want to make sure you're you're okay. And i go, okay, okay. So I drive. I went I went alone because I didn't want to bring anybody with me too, because I didn't wanna be, you know, like yeah, you, you don't don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to infringe. I mean, you know, it's Jilly Rizzo. Right. Which, by
1: the way, just, uh, on insert- you,
0: you, why don't you, yeah, why don't you yeah. let people know? I mean, if you don't know Jilly
1: Rizzo. Right. So, Jilly Rizzo is like this iconic figure, you know, and he's a restaurateur. Uh, he mm-hmm. ran a place in New York um, uh, called, I think it was called Jilly's Saloon. Very yeah, I mean. famous. Sinatra hung out there all the time. They were considered best friends. And, but, you know, like Don Rickles, a comedian, used to always make jokes about Rizzo, you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, hey, Rizzo's connected. And, you know, and, and, and you know, and if, and if and if he ever did, if you ever he was always, you know, Frank's protector. And if anybody ever did anything, you know, that, yeah. that they might be choked. You know, it was like, yeah. I mean, it was just sort of this like they made a joke out of it. But, you know, he was a nice guy um, and and unfortunately had a, a really interesting uh, death in that uh, when he was out in Palm Desert. He uh, was driving uh, hours before his 75th birthday party and he got, he got broadsided by their car and, and his car blew up and, you know, he died. I mean, so very sad ending to the story, but I know that they were really close. So sorry to interrupt. Yeah. They were like, he was this
0: right hand man. I mean, you know, but you need a guy like that, like in this business, you know, you're an entertainment lawyer. I always say this, I work for a lot of celebrities and I, and I've done stuff a little bit here and there in the business, but I always say this, you need a bulldog. Right. You need and, and and Jilly was his bulldog. You have to have a bulldog that will tell people no.
1: Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And a so... lot of people are, Yeah. No. So, no. So, so, so sorry to interrupt, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. finish the. Yeah. So yeah, no,
0: no, no, no. Thank for Cause, cause I, I just say Jilly Rizzo. Cause I think everybody knows Jilly Rizzo. Right. So, but, <laughs> but thank, you know, so I go, so I, I drive by myself and I'm nervous because I'm driving there by myself. My first time there, I didn't want to take anyone with me. I didn't want to, you know, do any of that. So I get there and I get to the Caesars thing and I go, hi, da, 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 and they're like, yeah, we've been waiting for you and they give me my key and I get this unbelievable room i, I mean it wasn't like a penthouse room but it was un, it was unbelievable and then and then they said you know and the guy brought my bags up or anything and he goes just whatever you need just call and i'm like okay and i wasn't gonna you know go crazy you know but but i did call room service once and i'm like you know i'm like okay I'll do that you know and i'm over there playing at the you know you know dollar blackjack you know like <laughs> but i was but it was so like unbelievable to me and then i called him And I got him and he goes, well, you know, if you if the next you know going to be here like a couple days, if you have time, call me again and maybe you you can come out or maybe I'll come see. He goes, but I just have a good time. He goes, just have a good time. I go, I really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. And so then I didn't know what, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have to pay at least that room service or, you know, what I I don't want to like not uh, not pay anything. And 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 then when I and then when I left you know, I went down because I didn't want to just leave, you know, like you can leave, but I was like, I'm checking out. Right. I wanted to make sure like, you know, I was checking out and they're like, okay, don't, everything's fine. Everything's taken care of. We'll see you again. We hope to see you again at Caesars.
1: Wow.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay. And it's such a great story because, you know, like I said, I have a lot of those stories personally with myself, with my work experience uh, of, of, of working with celebrities and my uncle, I just thought that was like, that beat all my stories. I was like, My God! So I go back to LA and I tell all these people, and the only thing they can say, all my friends, is like, "When am I going with you again? When when you're going to go again? I want to go with you." (laughs) Like, no, I'm like, they're like, "Wow! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!" And then and then, and so my uncle, you know, he passed away in 2000. He was 80. He had a fantastic life. You know Sinatra was very close to him. I would say that's one of his his good friends, especially in that business, and they 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 hung in, in in touch. and then and then Jackie Gleason was a big friend, maybe even more of a friend to my uncle and 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 that came from just that whole business. and then and then a lot of other people, a lot of those singers back in the day, Connie Haynes. You know, and and I don't know if you know Connie Haynes from the from the big band era. Yeah, she was like unbelievable. And just you just meet all these people. And my uncle was such a great man just because to take on my mom to circle back here and to take on my mom's uh, all the siblings down in New York after, the, you know, the the. The 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 mother passed away and the and the dad had to go do what he had to do it was just remarkable. I mean, that he he would even do that. He just made sure they were all taken care of. And then some of them stayed down there and and lived in the in Long Island and then into the Catskills. And some went back up later, back up to Rome Utica area because they missed it. You know, I don't know what what they missed. I think sometimes they just went to Rome, New York, because <laughs> I, th- I really sometimes think like my friends and I always talk about this. We're like, what are they doing? like what do they do when they came over on the boat from italy and they were in new york and then they went back uh, they went upstate to a place called rome only probably because of the name
1: right. and
0: and they should have stayed in new york and bought a building on the lower east side right, know, exactly. like that, back in the early 1900s but my uncle my uncle basically lived his all of his life you know out of, out of upstate and, and in New York city, then down in Florida. And like I said, doing the cruises and it's, it's just, it's a great part of history. Frank Sinatra will always be like one of my favorites, even regardless of my uncle, he's one of my favorites. I just think the guy had, had huevos, you know, the guy, you know, he really did. Like you said, he wasn't, it wasn't just all set up for him. And, 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 and it's, it's a great connection, but I love his music regardless and right. I love all those things. And when and when you mentioned that little tidbit about, you know, he always had an orange, he always had an orange room in his house. Right. It was oh he always had one room that was orange. That was his favorite color. And I like orange.
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful color. <laughs> and, yeah. And I say, beautiful I mean, co- to have to have your uncle and all that history. I mean, it's just it's so fantastic. What like what would you say? So I don't have any Sinatra memories other than you know, my dad went and saw him in the 1970s. Um, and of course he had the whole rat pack era too. And of course, he was a great um, uh, television star and and and, uh, and and film star. So you know he clearly had you know multiple careers. his uh, the books that have been written about him are fantastic in his life and the challenges that he had. Um, I guess maybe if you could maybe share uh, maybe like your favorite story of Sinatra and I'm gonna share uh, a story that I had with uh, Steve Lawrence.
0: Um, I mean, I never
1: met Mr. Sinatra, right?
0: (laughs) I'll call him Mr. I never met him, but there was, I almost met him. And this is a, a side story, but I was looking so forward to meet him. So I, I used to work for, um, this, this actor and I will, I won't say his name, but you know, and, and, and he, um, was short in stature but he was big in the business and he still is big. So how, and maybe you can, people, people are like, what, who is that? Who's he talking about? So, so, and I worked for their family and I worked for them for many years. I was the estate manager assistant to go to the set, do this and everything. And they had a house down in Malibu and they always would do a party on July 4th. And they'd bring a big, these guys from New Jersey would come. No, there's Jersey again. And they were firework guys. And on July 4th, and they would hire the, the those guys to come, and they'd get a barge down in Long Beach, and they'd travel up the, the ocean, and then they'd dock outside Malibu. And these fireworks, you could see, you know, like people would line up on Zuma and up on PCH, but it was for the party, but it was for everybody, right? And and that that street in Malibu, is a very small street. It's not even a half mile long, I don't think. And it's a private beach. And there's a lot of celebrities that live on that street. One of them at the time, he had a house there with Sinatra and he was on the list to come to that year's party. I worked for these people for over a decade. And, and, and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's on the list. Cause I was the guy to organize the whole thing. I had to make everything happen. I had to make sure everybody was there. I had to make sure everything worked. I had to make sure the whole, the whole, the whole party was, was, was flawless. So I, he was on the list and I go, Oh my God, he's on the list. He might come. And usually most of them came on that street and he said, and he said he was going to come. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to meet him. And, and I was like, I'm, this is, I'm looking so forward to meet him. I mean, my, my uncle already passed away. Um, and I, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet this guy. No, I'm sorry, it was before my uncle passed away, not too many years before. It was in the 90s. And I and 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 everyone was coming, everyone was coming. And I was like, oh my God, I hope he comes here he didn't come. And I was so disappointed because <laughs> I just wanted to meet him. And I didn't want to, I probably could have figured out how to do it. You know what I mean? But yeah, right. out of respect. So my favorite Sinatra story, as I was I was a saying, is is a story that I not meeting him and And to this day, I get sad about it because I know the meeting would have been so unbelievable and impactful in my life. But I guess what I do is i I live through my uncle <laughs> in it and and just unbelievable respect and for my uncle and just and just everything he did that he was around all these people, you know, and especially, Sinatra. I mean, that's my story. I know you, you said you have one. I hope it's about the, the coat, the orange coat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and I appreciate you sharing that. And that's such a special story that, that would, you know, how Uh, you had the chance to, you know, to almost uh, meet him, but it's, it's really great. And I, what I'll share is um, I mean, I've got a few of them. I mean, I, I think when I grew when I was growing up, you know, I'd always had an appreciation for Sinatra in the sense that I, I knew who he was you know, was not as knowledgeable about his music and, and his life as, as I am now, but you know, like we had like, you know, proms that were named after songs of his, you know, like, what was it? The way you look tonight was, was one of the, oh. you know, one of the themes. And I never forget this story. My, and the buddy who knows about this will laugh if he ever hears this podcast, but mm-hmm. um, his grandmother who unfortunately has passed away uh You know, she would come over to the house and I'd go over to the house, you know, hang out with him because he lived with his grandparents. And she knew I was a huge Sinatra fan. And so she goes, Hey, can you do you want to borrow one of his CDs? I was like, Sure. So it's like, it was like one of the reprise, you know, collections. And I had some good songs on it The Way You Look Tonight, a few others, and Witchcraft and uh, Summer Wind, some others. Right. And so I listened to that CD for a couple years straight. And Uh, and eventually when I went over to the house, if you, you know, I had seen her in between, but, uh, about two years goes by and she goes, uh, Jeremy, are you ever going to return my Sinatra CD? (laughs) (laughs) So, and my buddies used to clown on me for that, you know, it could be like, this guy's over here, listening to Sinatra. Now, of course they're all saying, oh man, I should have listened to Sinatra earlier, you know, but, um, the other story that I have is my parents, you know, really instilled in me an appreciation for Sinatra, particularly my dad. And um, when I was 21, they took me to a Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet concert in Ooh. Las Vegas. And the next wow. day they actually blew up the hotel, you know? Uh, um,
0: oh yeah. 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 Whole
1: demolition thing. And I never forget seeing Steve, you know, Steve Lawrence come out there. And of course, Steve Lawrence was supposed to be the heir apparent to Sinatra and
0: yeah, uh, you know,
1: Sinatra gave him a bunch of masters of his and, you know, and I think Steve Lawrence had a great career and a great voice, but obviously was not at the level of what Sinatra, you know, was. Um, yeah. and, and of course, who who could be? But um, so the, there's this great concert. We're sitting in those wonderful seats where the, the stage would kind of wrap around the seats. And so we're really enjoying this. I just turned 21. And uh, and this was sort of my my introduction to Steve Lawrence in that way. And it was just a fantastic show. The CEO came out and thanked everybody, and then you know the next day said, you know, the next day they had one last show, and then they they literally destroyed the hotel, and I think now that's what, like
0: was that the Stardust
1: Stardust? Hotel? Yep, Stardust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Stardust Hotel, and I think that's where this, the the uh, Resorts World is now, or yeah, you're right, or, or I think I think yeah, that's I think it's, it I
0: think it's res- Resorts World.
1: Yeah, which is of course a yeah. beautiful hotel, but. Uh, and then yeah. a couple years later, my parents took me to a show for Edie Gourmet and Steve Lawrence in, um, in Palm desert. And of course, Steve Lawrence was still very, you know, active and, you know, at 70 plus years old, he was still looking great and dancing around the stage and, you know, had a wonderful voice. Uh, and it was really nice because Andy Williams was in the crowd. And so just happened to be there that evening. And so, he you know, he called him out and, um, just a really a fantastic experience. And now you've got guys like Michael Buble who, you know, are in that same genre, but you know, Frank was just such a special, uh, special human being and the life that he had. One, one other thing that I'll mention too, which was interesting is, um, the whole scar on his face, you know, it wasn't something that most yeah. people knew about, but I think when yeah. he was born, uh, when they uh, basically were trying to pull him out, I think, uh, the doctor was using some sort of tool and that tool ended up basically ripping the side of his face and part of his ear. Oh, and, that's and he, what... Yeah, And he didn't like to be filmed or photographed from, I think it was the left side of his face, ah. but you can look at some, uh, some footage and some pictures and you can see that there's a huge scar in his ear had to be reconstructed. But um, just what a fantastic uh, a life that he lived, you know?
0: Oh God. I mean, I mean just incredible life uh, an incredible artist uh a, a, you know he was a great actor too i mean yeah. you know like like i know those movies back then were a little uh but you know like but he was he was great i mean just to live up to all that too like i think that's the thing too like you know when he was the teen heartthrob and and all that you know like it, that happens like he's happening nowadays right the teen heartthrob but he was way more than that and just to 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 be who to, to his talents it, it, he over he basically took his talents because he was so talented and became obviously way more than teen heartthrob i mean he was yeah. way more when he was the teen when he was the teen heartthrob and i just think um i'll always like like feel a connection even though i never met him but i know my uncle you know was right next to him and i know my uncle had and the, the stories and i know there's more stories in my head that you know, we could do this again and do part two stories because um, and I, I just it's he was an incredible uh, uh, artist. I mean, at the end of the day. And right. um, and, and, I, and I like it that you like that, too. It's like it's like you don't find a lot of people. And I I wish more people would listen to it and appreciate it because, you know, these guys were were artists. They, they were. I mean, the, the instruments they played, the singing's an instrument. Right. You know, they were artists yeah and I mean, and the guy, you know, God bless him, you know,
1: uh, fantastic fantastic fantastic
0: guy. And my uncle never had a bad word to say like he and and like, and he would tell me these stories and and he always i, I was always out of respect and 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 always out of admiration, yeah. you know, he admired the guy,
1: yeah, like right. like
0: you know, and so you know, and to be there in those stories, um, you know, because because what because who knows like that that one story to before he went from the Dorsey brothers to the Harry James to go down to the rusty cabin, which is in a lot of the Sinatra books. And my uncle's in all the Sinatra books. There's either just that picture of the Harry James band on the boardwalk or other little tidbits of them um, in many, many of those books and obviously the recordings, but you know, who knows if my uncle wasn't around that day, he was busy or whatever, right? He wouldn't have went with Harry James down to the rusty, the rusty cabin in New Jersey. And that was the start of, Sinatra it wasn't the start of his career, but it was the start of him as the as the front man and what many people know as Frank yeah. Sinatra
1: no, I agree and I, and I tell you I mean, Barry, I love that you know, I appreciate you sharing the stories and and sharing the the passion. I mean, I think it it clearly comes through um and, and it's always nice to see the next generation take up the mantle and and and, you know, take an appreciation for Sinatra because uh not not only for the music but what he stood for you know uh his impact on culture and history and you know everything i always tell the funny joke about um or like to tell the funny story too really one is about don rickles and the other is about um his daughter so one of his daughters i think it was tina um Mm -hmm. was back in like the 1970s and um, and Sinatra had, um, endorsed, uh, Nixon and for, for the presidency. And, you know, in the past he endorsed, you know, JFK and he had some other appreciations for, um, uh, for other politicians, but I always loved the story that when his daughter found out about this, she was not very happy. And then he looked at her with a smile on his face and said, well, that's the brakes, kid. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, but it's just it's just uh, just classic stories. And I recently had an opportunity to and have become friendly with uh, Governor Pete Wilson and former governor of California. And, you know, yeah, yeah. hearing stories about, you know, um, you know, Pete's experience of meeting Sinatra and, and 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 the family. And it's just, you know, really just great, great opportunity. But obviously the Don Rickles one, which I'm sure you know of, but he was on the Johnny yeah. Carson show and Don Rickles is there. Frank's there. And Frank tells the story about, Oh, um, I know this one. (laughs) Yeah. And so they're in the restaurant and, and this is early on before Rickles is married and, and Rickles, you know, he's not like the best looking guy. Right. But you know, he, and and, you know, and and he has to, you know, do other (laughs) things to be funny or to make himself more attractive. Right. And so he's like, all right. So he sees Frank walk in the restaurant and he's like, Oh my gosh, well, I really want to, you know, I really want to, you know, make it work with this woman. And so I'm going to have Frank. So, you know, like basically come by the table. Yeah. So he walks over to Frank and says, hey, hey, you know, Frank, would you mind coming by the table? I really like this girl. You know, and I really think that she's, you know, this is going to be good for me if you could come by and, and just say a few words, you know. So he's like, Don, for you, anything happy, I'll come by. So Frank gets done with his meal. He's getting towards the dessert. He has his espresso. He walks over and says, well hey, Don, how you doing? And Don, without skipping a beat, looks up at Frank and says, can't you see I'm eating here, Frank?
0: <laughs> he thought he was in. He thought he was going to get in. I love that. That story, he told, he told that story all the time.
1: Yeah. Because it best. was a
0: good story and it was a good way to bust bus, bus balls with the Rickles. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's this another great story about Rickles, too, was I heard this recently Uh famous actor um can't remember his name but um he was doing a movie with robert de niro and uh this was casino and um, right. and don rickles was obviously in that movie as i think as the floor manager for the casino floor
0: manager yeah
1: yeah and i you know they so basically de niro is filming a very important scene in the film and uh, something happens where, you know, Rickles would just, he would lay into people and he, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't care and people loved him for it, but he would be, people would like to be made fun of by him. It was like a, a, a badge of honor.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and so Rickles is off to the side. This is a very important scene, right? And, and, you know, De Niro has got to be, you know, focused and, uh, and all of a sudden Rickles just starts laying into him. He goes, you're going to do the scene like that, huh? And then, you know, and then, and then De Niro just like starts busting up laughing and he's just like, well, you're the big shot. You won with all the awards. Yeah. You sure you're going to do it like that though, huh? I mean, and it's oh just and this, and the, all the actors are watching this, the the, 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 the director, you know, all the producers are there. So just a fantastic story. But, um, but he definitely had an appreciation for Frank and I know that they got along really well from, you know, from what you see and what you hear.
0: Yeah, no, no. So can can I can I take the liberty as we as we close up here? Because I wanted to play this and I'll I'll take all copyright uh, uh, responsibility here because it's yeah. my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's a I have a recording here. I know my uncle sings on this. I don't know when he comes in, but he plays trumpet on it with Harry James. So it's um this is Two O'Clock Jump, which is a famous uh, song. It's recorded in New York, New York on August 17th, 1939.
1: Wow. And here
0: and my uncle's the vocals, but my So this is one of those tunes that my uncle would sing. And th- this is probably why, in all respect to my uncle, my uncle was a, a pretty good singer, but he was a better trumpet player. And this is probably why they needed Frank. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. My uncle That's... probably would say that. He'd probably be like, right. Yeah, get, get me out of this, you know. Right. I <laughs> like, love it. Let me play a little it. and see um and see how it goes. Okay.
1: Wow, my is dining from a that's awesome, Barry. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm, and 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 as you said, I'm glad that Frank came along.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because my uncle almost—it's it, weird. He, he 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 he. I thought at first it was a lady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's my uncle. It's my uncle. And and yeah, and and he's—I don't think only sang a, a few of those tunes. Um, but and it's it's interesting. Like he obviously was, uh, very very happy to play with harry james harry james was his favorite and as you can see like when that trumpet comes in that harry james man he that guy could play He was a skinny guy and he could play it was yeah. amazing how that guy could play and and you know and and the whole story that we brought back in with the dorsey brothers i mean the dorsey brothers were, were unbelievable too you know they're just they uh they were just different kinds of guys but um i think just harry james uh, back then too uh had a good business sense yeah he 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 knew what to do so that's just a little a little piece there of 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 all the records that i have uh of my uncles which i'm so happy to have them and he's and he and they would put the band you know back then they would put the basically almost the whole band on the record you know for credits you know they don't they don't do that now as you know you watch tv and the They pass by the (laughs) credits too fast, you know, but, um, but this was fantastic. And like, again, it's just interesting. Like, I guess the, the, the thing too, about you and I meeting and, you know, we have that connection with with the podcast company, et cetera, et cetera. But, but, you know, I guess really the, the moral of all of it is you never know who you're going to meet. And, and, you know, social media is a place where you can meet people. You know, it's not just nonsense and 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 meeting you like looking on that minute on that day, seeing your post and seeing you in that tangerine jacket. Right. I was like, I have, you know, like, God, you know, this guy really loves this. I could tell. and I have a story and I love it. And it's, it's a great how people meet that way. Like there is a, 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 you know, so don't give up even if you're older on social media and and go find people that are interested in the same things that you are. You never know who you're going to (laughs) meet.
1: I know. Well said, you know, well said Barry. And, and, and you're right. I mean, social media, it's like anything else. It's like, it's what you put into it and it's what you take out of it. And you know, if you're sitting there, scrolling all day long and looking at crap well yeah i mean yeah. You know, you're not going to get anything out of that but huh? if you're on there to connect with people and and you're right i mean the reality of it is is i did that post for myself right it was like i love sinatra he's great he's having influence in my life um and and so that was like hey i'm gonna wear this i'm wearing this orange jacket i knew this was his Beautiful. favorite color thank you and and i got the jacket in vegas you know, and I and I had it for a period of time and I was like, I love this jacket. And it actually took me a while to get it because they didn't have my size. And then finally they they were able to get the jacket in in, in stock. Um, and I remember and I said, you know what? I'm gonna play that tangerine song with this. And of course, mm. because with social media I got the, all the licensing and all that, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you appreciated it, one out of a billion people, you know, like yeah, because yeah, I was like, great. I was
0: like, I was like, I know he knows that Sinatra's favorite color was orange. I did.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what
0: I was. I, obviously, the cult was orange, and right. you're playing Tangerine. But I'm like, I bet you he knows that.
1: Right, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think my. But this dad, was fun. This yeah. Was
0: so much fun, and 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 you know, and I know it's fun for you, and I and and you know, because you know, and and doing this and talking about it and the and the and the stories and everything, and and we'll do this again. Yeah. There's more stories. I just have to pull things out, you know, like I've got things and I just have to pull them out. I even have, you know, letters from my uncle. I just have to pull stuff out. And then we'll get together on old men and sweats. You know, everybody, I'm going to do a little, a, a little promo here. Go follow at old men and sweats. And yes, it yeah, is old men it. and sweats because we are, we are older and we are in sweats <laughs> and, and we'll, and we'll talk about, you know, we'll get your lawyer hat on next time. We'll take off the Sinatra hat and we'll do the lawyer hat. And we'll talk about you know contracts with guys. We'll talk about guys that get in trouble, guys that that don't get in trouble within their contracts of, of uh, of sports. And we'll talk about. I know you love baseball. We'll talk baseball. That's and good. and even yeah, you know, I mean you're a Dodger fan. My buddy Tommy T, the other old man of sweats, the other half, is a is a is a big Dodger fan. His dad's a huge Yankee fan. Um, I'm actually number one an Oriole fan. Believe it or not. And, hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm only saying that because they're doing so good right now, but my, my, you know, one, one A is Orioles, one, one, you know, one is Orioles and one A is Dodgers for me, if it was a horse race. So, so, so I love that. And, and we will, you know, we'll definitely, definitely uh, talk some baseball and, 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 and I want to get your expertise on some of these things that happen in, in the sports world with the contracts and, And, you know, what these guys can do and really can't do. And I, you know, and and that's part of that is from the unfortunate John Morant thing. But we'll 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 talk more about that as we as we as we move on.
1: Let's do it. Well, Barry, you've been a treat. I appreciate you. It was great to meet you in New York recently. And oh, uh, fantastic. Was fun. And uh, we'll look forward to more soon, my friend. So thank you again.
0: No, thank you for your time. It was a pleasure being here and I really appreciate it. And much love to Sinatra, obviously.
1: Amen to that. Um, so everybody, this has been Barry Donovan with me, uh, fellow podcast uh, host on for Old Men in Sweats, um, uh, co-host for his for his podcast, and just a uh, great person with terrific uh, insights to Sinatra and uh, some personal history there. So uh, again, I uh, want to thank uh, Barry for coming in. We'll be back next week. This show has been brought to you by Bet Online. I'm your host Jeremy Evans, and this is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you so much.